You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Yes, it is the Oz Network, another television episode of the Oz Network, and exciting to continue our Nip Tuck rewatch. We are into the fifth episode of the first first season, uh, mind you, that's how we should pronounce it, entitled Kurt Dempsey. Uh, this uh, initially aired way back on the 19th of August 2003, and as we start off every episode with an introduction, and let's do that right now, because my name is Ben, and some of the best blowjobs I've ever received are from married women. <laughs> and and I'm Nick, and uh, I already think I'm God. <laughs> well, you should know you're God, Nick. That's generally how it works, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We are, we are excited to continue on with... Uh, doing uh, quite uh, a substantial look at these episodes and continuing. I, I seem to take on the sexual theme of things. That's just me. That's how I think, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's not hard of the show, to be honest, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. And, I mean, it's kind of interesting, actually, with the, the way this episode starts uh, in kind of our, you know, previously on Nip Tuck segment. It is basically, let's have a montage of Christian being a, being Christian, essentially. And it's it's kind of amazing to think we've literally had this amount of uh, stuff going on with Christian in only four episodes leading up into this one. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And it's like, if this is what we're setting up for this episode, it's like, it's like God knows what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of, we've gone over some of these episodes sort of, just what we've talked about, but it is, I feel like kind of in the next few episodes that we'll talk about, they've almost got like a, a recurring, like a theme, I guess, to them. Like, I mean, I guess we've had that obviously previously in some of the other ones we talked about, you know, kind of the role reversals between Christian and Sean. I mean, this one is pretty much focused around, uh, well, sex and Christian's sex life, essentially. And, of course, this leads us into, and, and we talked about this at the end of the last episode, but the fact that we get to meet one of my all-time favourite characters in this episode, and I didn't ultimately lead with, hey, asshole, because she doesn't actually utter it in this episode. So that would have been yeah, completely you've got, you've got wasted. Wait a little. Yeah, exactly. But um, we'll get to, we'll get to Gina. Uh, we'll get straight into it, obviously, though, with this episode, and uh, we, we meet... The uh, the titular Kurt Dempsey pretty much straight away, and we we get to introduce to him as well as his uh, well soon to be fiance I guess spoiler alert um, girlfriend and we basically meet this guy he wants to be turned Asian uh, he because his girlfriend uh, he's as obviously has a fetish for white men and clearly her parents being Japanese don't want to uh, have her anything to do with white men so it's kind of very interesting isn't it the fact that we um straight away get thrown into this and it's quite i guess controversial isn't it? i mean these are all based on real life uh cases as we've mentioned before what ryan murphy did but pretty much we've got a white person wanting to become another race uh let's start off very controversial yeah well it's weird i mean uh, like you say it's based off real events and you wouldn't believe that that's actually true. Like, nobody would be stupid enough to actually try this, would they? But, you know, like you say, it's actually based off something that's true, which it just doesn't seem real that that could actually be the case. But, um, you know, like, the show goes everywhere and uh, touching on a, on a little bit of kind of racism, I guess. And, yeah, it's not afraid to go there. It's, I mean, it's interesting that looking back on an episode like this with the, the subject matter, I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's not, 
you know, I mean, the, the theme of this episode isn't sort of racism, society, and kind of dealing around with that. But I mean, it's it's almost very glossed over, isn't it? Again, like you've got a, you've got a white person wanting to become Asian. I mean, that that's quite a controversial thing to touch on, and and the fact that this isn't something that you know was a really, really overbearing thing at the time. I mean, there, there have been episodes of Nip Tuck that I think have sort of loosely made the news in terms of their subject matter. But, I mean, this is a pretty heavy topic that's kind of glossed over very briefly. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess because it probably ends up being a, you know, it's so spoiler alert, a happy story at the end. So it kind of it kind of almost bookmarks episodes Um and you know talks about you know what people do for commitment and things like that so it's it's kind of one of those things that it, it doesn't end up really playing a huge part in the episode other than maybe framing you know a little bit of what happens to the other characters and obviously you know we, we come up to another one which is you know a guy getting his tattoo removed yeah so there's this whole thing about you know people actually changing you know their bodies and who they are for you know for somebody that they love yeah i mean i guess that's probably your other old ultimate theme of this episode is exactly what would you do for love and you know we kind of get that touch on with someone like i guess cross cross paths with christian sort of you know sexual lifestyle that kind of leads into that whole you know well haven't you ever been in love sort of thing i mean we get that line straight away sort of in that patient's room you know haven't you ever loved someone so much you're willing to do anything from losing them and you know obviously sean is kind of taking that to heart a lot uh as we kind of get yeah. to zoom in basically on his face uh this is all of yeah. course crossed before we get to the credits of julia peeing uh, if you've ever, if you've ever wanted to see uh, Julia P, well, this is kind of your scene. Uh, you don't necessarily see the, the stream coming out of her vagina, but I mean, it's it's there's <laughs> a sentence I never thought I'd say. Uh, but I mean, this is kind of exactly what we're seeing, though. Julia peeing, and shock horror, Julia is pregnant. Yeah, it's actually funny because having not watched this for a long time, I'd actually forgotten about this little this little kind of half storyline. And um, when it happened, I was like, "Shit, is this you know?" Spoiler alert again: is this is this Connor? But it's obviously not. Um, but yeah, it was actually a, a wee bit of a surprise for me. Mm, it's um, yeah, it's I, it's kind of one of these things that uh, it's. I mean, it's dealt with in an episode, um, but yeah, it's it's the way it's kind of handled. I mean, I think it's it's done more so. You know, for I guess what happens in the coming episodes with Sean uh, and what he does behind Julia's back, almost, um, and it's kind of leading to that grief. And it's, I mean, it's yeah, it is, it is, is a real kind of one of these ones that is a real blink and you miss moment. That yeah, exactly. I think some people might get confused, as you said, spoiler alert, Connor. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely not that aspect just yet. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're um, and and it's just you know that whole thing of you know what do you do for somebody and what are the sacrifices you're willing to make and you know this is a pretty big deal really and you get this whole thing of you know Sean's really into it and Julia's not and Julia would have to give up a lot more than he would for it and yeah it's you know it's it's pretty intense to be honest. Can I can I just want to mention quickly uh, Annie now I mean Annie's kind of like the. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how do you even go about describing Annie. I mean, Annie used to annoy the shit out of me, let's be honest. But Annie kind of grows me as kind of this, like, weird background character that he's often forgotten about. And I think when, like, you know, future... They do that future episode, they play on that perfectly about the fact that she's the forgotten one. It's kind of very self-referencing there by, by Ryan Murphy. But when Annie has some weird scenes, like, I love the bit, like, she's in the bathroom, like, she's peeing, and then Annie's in the background, like, screaming, like, Mom, Mom, where's this? Mom, where's that? 
<laughs> Honey, uh, mum's a bit busy right now. Like, Annie can be a pain in the ass, but like, there's something endearing about little Annie. I just, I don't, I feel like the need to point her out for some reason. Yeah, I wonder if, like, going back and looking at it now, do you think they maybe cast her a little bit younger than she probably should have been? Well, yeah, it's interesting because generally, like, I mean, yeah, like, Matt, he's meant to be 16, but he's, what, played by, like, a 50-year-old man, essentially, with John Henson. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm mean, Kelsey Battelin is her name, is Annie, somebody who essentially has not done anything since. Um, and just looking here, so at the time of filming, she was eight years old. So, I mean, that's probably around about her age, isn't it, and what she's meant to be. So she's kind of one of these rare, rare situations where she's an actress playing her age. And I have to say, she's actually a pretty good actress and she maintains that too. She's not one of those annoying child actresses who is shit. Like, she's actually pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I just think if they'd started her off, like if the show started with her being like 12 or 13, I think you could get into some quite interesting stuff with her, you know, being a teenager, which, you know, they kind of get to a little bit later on. But, you know, I think that they maybe just cast her a little bit young. Um, and so, you know, for these first couple of seasons, she doesn't really do anything that's of interest. So she's just kind of sitting there in the background and, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to forget she's there really. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's literally, I'm just looking at her credits. She literally has done nothing since Nip Tuck. That's not even a word of a lie. She, before Nip Tuck, she was in She Spies, Eight Simple Rules and Power Rangers Wild Force as Young Taylor Uncredited. Um, so she has gone to huge things post Nip Tuck, which again is kind of surprising because, like, again, it's not like she's that bad when it comes to acting. Well, I guess she's just fitting in with the rest of the cast. That she's yeah. just like <laughs> has just fallen into this black hole, and you know you've never really seen them again. Anything, even though she's a good actor, like it's so bizarre. Yeah, like it's almost like these guys all did something like <laughs> you know, like the, something happened on set, and it's like we are never getting anyone from Nip Tuck to ever be on anything ever again. <laughs> it's the curse of Nip Tuck. It's I mean because like we yeah. you, you touched on obviously the fact that what we've only had I think you said what six people who have appeared in over fifty episodes, five if you take Nurse Linda out of that. Annie is next here. So she was in 36 episodes across the years, uh, which, again, is kind of fascinating to think that, you know, here you've got Matt, who's basically in every single episode, and poor little Annie, the forgotten, you know, stepchild of Nip Tuck. I mean, we talk about um, Grace being the, the ultimate forgotten character. I mean, maybe we've got to rethink that, and it's Annie. You know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, Sean and, and Julia, you did have another child, remember? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's just so funny, eh, like, everything's about Matt and um, poor Annie kind of gets forgotten. So maybe we need to change that hashtag. It's not poor Matt. It's actually poor Annie. It's hashtag remember Annie. Yes. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, we obviously get the credits and then we see Christian. We meet um, clearly these random friends of Christian's who we never see again. Uh, this, is, this is one thing that I forgot. It's like Christian has other friends that we never see again. I mean, what is the purpose of the... Is, it, is there two or three of them? I can't remember. I think it might be three of them. There's two. There's, there's two. two. There's two. There's, yes. There's the, the, like, the, the kind of, like, uppity English guy. Yeah, that's And it. then there's, like, the kind of the married black guy. Or, no, sorry, he's engaged. Yeah. And they're going on about, you know, he's not going to get any more pussy and blah, blah, blah. Like, as soon as they get married, he's not going to get hit or anything like that. I mean, it's 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 a good thing because, it, yeah, it kind of sets things up, doesn't it? It's kind of like, oh, don't you get tired of, you know, going home every night and doing this sort of stuff? And, you know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting scene just kind of with Christian. But, I mean, it's, it, I don't know, like, it, I guess you don't want Christian having too many other friends because that's why it comes down to Christian and Sean. And I'm not implying that Christian and Sean don't have other friends outside of each other. But it's just kind of one of these random throwaway bits. It's like, let's all of a sudden bring in two random people that Christian goes out drinking with. But, ah, no, we never see them again. 
yeah, you just completely forget that, you know, these people exist. It's like, I'm sure they actually kind of do serve a little bit of a purpose, but it is weird how, you know, that's it. You see them once and they're gone. Mm, yeah. We cut then, of course, we see uh, Julia at school. She gets a great grade. You know, she's doing well at school. Of course, this kind of goes with her pregnancy, what she will do. Then uh, your favourite character in the world, Jude, comes into it um, and, <laughs> and wants to take her to lunch to go watch Kama Sutra films. Why not? Well, as you do. I mean, <laughs> what else are you going to get up to? <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah, there's nothing really to add much on that. It's just uh, any Jude bashing you want to give this episode at all? Oh, I think I've probably done it um, enough justice, and there'll be there'll be plenty more I can do as we go along. To be honest, um, oh yeah, he's just the most obvious, the most obvious slime ball in the world. <laughs> it's just, it's I, I mean, I kind of forget. I mean, like again, I'm not going to spoil anything when it comes to his, uh, you know, his character. What's revealed, I guess, in this season, but. Um, yeah, it's a kind of interesting kind of mentioning, as I said, like around about this time or just before this, he was in 24 and it's kind of like now he's gone into this. And I mean, you know, we talk about dear old Annie, Kate, Kelsey Battlin. I mean, whatever happened to Jude? I can't remember the guy's name. We've gone blank. Is that he's obviously that uh, important to the overall scheme of things? Philip Reese, that's his name. Um, so <laughs> he's in the same amount of episodes as uh, as Joey Slotnick as Merrill. So there you go. That's his importance to the nip. I mean, who do you remember more, Merrill or Jude? Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah he's just he's just a nobody really yeah exactly uh i mean kind of going back we see surgery we've got this tattooed guy uh getting his tattoo removed i do like the little conversation that's going on here um what was it like latoya and then what what does sean say like oh what's what's her name or something like that it's like toyota, or something, toyota yeah. that's it like the butt crack is hard to read uh, <laughs> it's just and we randomly meet Grace again. We forgot about Grace. Here she is. She's still alive. Um, and then we get to meet uh, this couple, uh, this woman who's obviously had her nose quite uh, severely disfigured, and this uh, they're talking about having surgery done with it. Um, and this obviously plays a, a much a bigger part in this episode. And it's kind of interesting how this all happens, isn't it? Because like Grace has been brought in as this psychologist to assess these situations, again, which will play into this episode. But, um, you know, clearly here we kind of still get some Christian grace uh, little conflict when it comes to, oh, I thought you would have uh, asked these questions before I come in and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of setting things up, obviously, for the rest of this episode. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's just another example of this, you know, what you go through for love. And, and this is the actually the ultimate, you know, the ultimate one in this entire episode is this couple here, as we find out later on. And it's, it's actually interesting to me that the, the, the you know, the, the name of the episode is not this woman. I would have thought it would have been her. Yeah. Like, to me, this feels like the more central kind of patient in the mm-hmm. in the episode. Completely agree. Completely agree. And it's, and it's yeah, it's interesting, sort of, you know, how that they do about that. And I guess we can see that with certain episodes that we'll do across the way. But um, I mean, yeah, these these, are, these two are the well. This woman is definitely the the star when it comes to the patient of this episode. Because I mean, you, you sort of forget, don't you, about the. Uh, the whole Kurt Dempsey situation until we get that final scene, really. Whereas, obviously, this, um, yeah, yeah. you know, plays a whole part in it. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird because, like, as you say, it's a really early scene and it's basically the first scene in the episode. And then you're kind of very early on, we're then doing the 
um, the surgery, and then that's it until the end of the episode. Like it's it's kind of weird. They just drop right out of the story. And I know like the 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 patient who's the who's the title of the episode is not actually all that important, but mm. or, or doesn't have to be anyway. Um, sometimes it's just a setup, really. And this is what this one is. But it's just weird to me. I would have thought it would have been somebody else. So yeah, it's just just an interesting observation, really. It's I mean it's kind of interesting because the stuff that kind of goes on here between now and I guess our first surgery scene. You know, obviously, we get Grace versus Christian. We get Christian checking out the sexy plant girl. Um, you know, cut to Julia making a dinner of lettuce. I swear there's not anything else but lettuce she's making for dinner. And then um, it's like, let's loosely tell Sean that I'm pregnant. And Matt walks in, what's for supper? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Lettuce, it's just Matt. Like, could, it be, could it be more awkward? It's, it's just... Yeah, I mean, Julia, look, it's, it's, it's interesting with Jolly Richardson this episode. She kind of, like, we, we rip shit into her for her moans. But can I just point out the way she cries sometimes annoys the shit out of me? Like, I don't know if I'm being overly critical of Jolly Richardson, but there's just something about the way she cries and she's got that emotional state. Like, she's a good actress. I'm not saying she's not a good actress. She's a very good actress. I think, as I said, we mentioned her and Julia McMahon are the only ones, I think, out of this entire show who got nominated for major awards for their acting. But there's just something about crying julia that gives me the shits yeah and i mean i think i go back to my point that i think there's a lot of effort going into the accent um you know i think she's having to work very hard at that kind of american accent and it sometimes feels like it slips a little bit um and i you know to me i think that that feels like where a lot of the problem is that you know in some of these more intense emotional scenes that she doesn't always nail them because of that Mm. and um I, i i still wonder why they had to have her in an American accent, like, would this character not have been accepted if she was British? And particularly, like, the fact that her mum is played by her real-life mum, and she's also British, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting thing how they do that. So, yeah, I mean, I've never kind of thought about that. I think I mentioned to you earlier, didn't I, that I, I had no idea she was actually British until I saw a making of of this show. Um, so that kind of shot me. And I've always kind of been impressed with the fact that she does a decent accent. But again, you, uh, you might be right there. It, it just it kind of kind of cr- comes across sometimes that she's overacting. And again, maybe that just does come down to her her accent. I, I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think at times she's awesome, and at times it just falls flat. It just feels really flat. And it's and yeah. um, I can't I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is. And it's it's interesting, like with Julian McMahon, of course. I mean, being Australian, but I, I think really, like if you actually see Julian McMahon in any interviews now, he's basically lost the accent. He is he basically is just American now. Um, and it's kind of I think some people I've talked to about Nip Tuck don't even realise that Julian McMahon is Australian. So um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think kind of he's long lost that accent. Um, I think it's kind of here and there, like you can kind of hear a few words that he'll say. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting to look at the three main stars of this show. You know, only one of them is really American, and I mean, that's still a shoot. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm guessing Dylan Walsh is American. He's not like Canadian or something, is he? Or- <laughs> Well, probably everybody's Canadian, aren't they? True, true. Actually, no. He was he was born in Los Angeles, California. So there we go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, just and I mean it's funny because you know, like, um, you know, Christian feels such an American character, doesn't he? Like he just something about him just feels very, very American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's done. It's done very well. And like, uh, 
you know, so people might not know. I mean, Christian, uh, Christian, I've got him on the brain now. He's actually the son of a, a former prime minister of Australia. So, you know, he's kind of very yeah, much. I, I did know that. Yeah. Sir William McMahon, the great Sir William McMahon. And, uh, you know, he's very well rooted in Australian folklore, given that that's the thing. But again, he's kind of forgotten. Again, we're just learning all this about it. And just actually looking here, uh, Dylan Walsh is five years older. Than um than Julie McMahon, you wouldn't guess that they look pretty much about the same age. So Dylan Walsh yeah, ages well. Yeah, and I guess they're prob- they're both kind of pitched as being you know in the same class, so basically the same age. Mm, and I mean, Jolly Richardson's basically the same age as Dylan Walsh too. So, so Julie McMahon's the baby out of the three. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. So the sur- the surgery scene. Now, look, am I the only one here? When they've got, I mean, the surgery music is is loveful by the Cardigans. It's a great song. Am I the only one thinking that they should have maybe used the song "Turning Japanese"? <laughs> maybe it's just a bit too on the nose. Yeah, I, I just don't know if that's appropriate or not. But I mean, come on, like that's the most obvious song you've got to use there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, too on, no, it's not too on the nose. It's too on the eyes. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, they, they they had to go with something else. Yeah, uh, we we kind of between them we get the uh, you know the scene of uh, Christian having incredibly happy sex with the plant girl. Um, that's like yeah, he's almost laughing in the middle of it. I, I don't know what to take of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty weird, eh? Like he's he's exactly not. Um, you know, worried about what people think of it. Yeah, and I, I love Grace's kind of reaction when she walks in. And then there's sort of little conversation in the lunchroom. And what does um what does Christian say? Jasmine has a special talent for making things grow. Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, and then like the suggestion of Sexaholics Anonymous, um, which is kind of you know. And then I love Christian's line again. It's like perhaps you should consider having your own orgasm once in a while, so you don't have to live through mine. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's I mean it's just. Let's be honest, you know these two are going to have sex. <laughs> I mean, like, spoiler alert, it's it's kind of blindly obvious it's going to happen at some point. But um, Well, I know you're not, a huge, you're not a huge Grace fan, but I actually think that they do a, a pretty good job with the kind of sexual chemistry between the two of them. I think it does work pretty well. Mm, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know if I'm not a fan. It's just, she's just waste. She's just not there. It's just... There's no, um, again, knowing what happens with her, the fact that she just disappears, there's just no emotional connection to her as a character. And it's just kind of every time I watch season one, it's just like, there's no point to you. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, no disrespect right, yeah. to, to Valerie Cruz or the actress and just anyone involved with this. It's just, it it just would have been nice if they maybe had of like done something. It's kind of like you look at the sort of the, the main cast over the six seasons and you kind of see, you know, the fact that, you know, you look at, say, someone like Liz, who's, like, recurring the first season, then she becomes a main character. You even sort of look ahead to the, the sort of uh, the future season. Like, someone like, say, Quinton, who obviously becomes a main person in season three. Like, at least he's got an arc to him that he's still... You can see why he's a main character. Gina was even billed as a main character for one season. Um, and it's just... It's kind of interesting, but it's just it just seems like a very unbalanced list to look with the one thing I'm looking at right now, and here you have, you know, season one, Valerie Cruz, Grace Santiago, Maine, and then she's got a complete blank slate afterwards. It's not even like she appears in, like, the fourth season as, hey, remember me? This is what happened to me. Yeah, she's just kind of gone, yeah. It's just, yeah, just kind of little things like that sometimes piss me off, so no offence, yeah. uh, Valerie Cruz, if you happen to ever stumble across this, it's just... 
maybe that's one thing we can blame Ryan Murphy for. Like you were just gone. <laughs> it's like And what and what did she go on and do? Maybe she went on and actually did did awesome she, stuff. So I they th- couldn't run nip tag. Yeah, I think I, I have seen her. Like as I think I mentioned, like she's one of these ones that will pop up in something and all of a sudden I'll be like, I know you, what are you from? And then you'll look her up and you'll be like, Ah, oh, you were you were Grace. Um, so I mean, you're yeah, looking at, she was in, yeah, she was in Homeland, which I watched, uh, the following Kevin oh, Bacon, okay. uh, you know, she's actually, she was a major character in, that's it, that's, I think the main one I saw her in was, I don't know if you ever watched that Kevin Bacon show, but, um, she was, yeah, one of the main agents in that for a couple of seasons. And I remember when I think it started, I was like, oh, I know you from something. And then she was in, yeah, she was in True Blood. She was in Dexter. These are all these shows that I've watched. And it always seems to be the case of like, what's she from? Oh, it's Grace. Because she generally comes across as quite different in her future roles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting that she she's actually gone on and done lots of stuff. And I wonder if maybe she just, she would have been a main character, but maybe she just got a better offer somewhere else and they hadn't locked her in for a long term you know, kind of position on the show. And so she got something else that was better. And so she was gone. Mm. She, I mean, she'd be definitely an interesting one to see if we can ever get on the show and maybe she can give us, you know, I think more than likely if we're thinking like, do we get Ryan Murphy on to talk about the the disappearance of Grace or Valerie Cruz? I think we're realistically going to get Valerie Cruz on. Uh, I mean, yeah, trust me, yeah, I would exactly. take Ryan Murphy over Valerie Cruz. No offense, Valerie Cruz. But, uh, you know, I think Ryan Murphy in terms of the possibilities of getting an interview, a little bit harder than Valerie Cruz. Yeah, I would think so. Mm, he's a little bit more busier. No offense. Uh, stop bashing Valerie Cruz. Anyway, um, so we're basically from this point. Uh, Sean wants to keep the baby. Julia wants to go to school. Sean is basically saying, "I'll stay home and look after the baby." Julia's obviously very excited about this. Uh, I mean, it's it's a nice little thing from Sean to do, and it's kind of it's like again without going overbearing on the spoilers. We've already mentioned Connor, I guess to use your phrase, bookmark this, because I don't necessarily think this is what happens in a few seasons' time when this storyline gets revisited again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... um, uh, And and I actually, to be to be totally honest, I can't remember how that all happened. So I'm looking forward to, you know, watching them quite closely together, what the difference is between those two. Mm, and, I mean, look, let's be honest, between now and when that happens, Sean and Julia, spoiler alert, break up about another 117 times anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. There's, you know, <laughs> there's things that happen, but... Uh, yeah, it is kind of a thing. It's sort of hit and miss. But this kind of leads us then to our situation where we get to meet Gina. We we get Christian at a bar. She meets... He meets Shelley Edwards, who to me just is a Julia clone. Um, basically, Christian's hooked up with her before. Obviously provided... She provided sexual favours in order to get some surgery, as you do. Uh, and then he's kind of disgusted by the fact that he obviously doesn't remember. He sleeps with so many people that, um, you know, he doesn't remember this woman. And then she kind of goes on to be creepy, Shelley Edwards, like, oh, you can have me and my daughter, which I find it interesting because we've already, already heard at some point in this season that he's done a mother and daughter before. I think it's maybe the fourth season, the premiere there's a storyline revolving around him having sex with a mother and daughter. Yet, somehow, here, he's disgusted by the idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've caught Christian on a moral day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes he has them. He has these little flashes where he decides he's a, a, a bit above this kind of thing. And um, this is obviously one of them. And, um, yeah, yeah, this woman is not impressed with his antics either. Like, you know, that he doesn't remember her and that he's not totally into her straight away. And... 
you know he's not falling for her you know her moves and you know she's she's not into that you know she's pissed off with them yeah just offering up her 17 year old daughter in the meantime um mother of the year (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah. happy mother's day happy mother's day there shelly but this i mean this again it leads into christian basically he's he's disgusted by the fact that he can't do this so he goes to sexaholics anonymous and why is he so good because who do we meet we meet gina i'm gonna call this the best recurring character in nip tuck i'm saying it i'm saying it right now uh, I love her to bits. She's all kinds of amazing. The actress Jessalyn Gilsig, I want to say her name is pronounced. A lot of people might know her more so from Glee because she obviously played a key role in another Ryan Murphy show. And it kind of, I guess, because Glee had more of that popularity in sort of the grand scheme of the media than Nip Tuck ultimately did. But, I mean, like, I remember when I watched Glee, it's like, holy shit, it's Gina! And she plays a completely different character in Glee. (laughs) But here we have, you know, Gina. She's obviously uh, a recovering sex uh, sexaholic. Is that the correct terminology for somebody who goes to Sexaholics Anonymous? I guess so. Um, That's what they called Five Woods, wasn't it? Yeah, I... (laughs) Exactly. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to make fun of sex. Uh, you know, sex addicts. You know, because look, it's a legitimate thing. But like, it's kind of like if they had Alcoholics Anonymous in a bar. It's like that temptation. Like you are in a room filled with people who are addicted to sex. I'm sure there are people who go to that to pick up. Um, it's kind of. I don't know about that. I, again, I'm not trying to disrespect. People who are addicted to sex, again, it's a legitimate thing, but that's something, a wider thing we can maybe touch on. But yeah, Gina, can we just talk about her for a moment? Because obviously this whole storyline, you know, Christian and Gina meet, I like the whole little cute little section there where she's like, oh, if you need a sponsor, here's my number, give me a call. Two seconds later, he calls her. And then, you know, next minute, they're having their very first fight, which is a recurring thing with Gina. Their fights. Christian and, and Gina... It's this weird argumentative chemistry, which is awesome because they do, like, both Julian McMahon and Jessalyn Gilsey are so good at their fighting. But, yeah, look, can we just glow about Gina for, like, the next three hours? Yeah, well, I think there's, like, a, there's a line in, like, one of the later seasons which kind of cracks me up where she, like, comes into his office and he's basically, like, you know, you're like herpes. Every time I get my life on track, I have a Gina outbreak. And it, it's just, it pretty much captures what these two are like. And yeah, they are awesome. And yeah, you definitely, I think we need to track our recurring characters' power rankings as we go oh, along yes. here. But Gina, Gina's definitely number one. There's no doubt about oh, that. And, um, and um, the other thing too, I mean, let's let's not gloss over that she's a you know, really attractive woman. Oh as yeah, well. she, uh, she is. And it's, it's interesting with her because it's like, it's kind of. Like, this is no disrespect to her, but it's like, because, you know, Kimber's, I guess, painted as the gorgeous blonde, the model, and yet Gina's kind of, I think Gina's kind of gelled over her attractiveness, because she's more about her character and kind of just, she's this real bitch of a woman, but, you know, but like, yeah, I, I don't feel as though you, uh, she's painted as this gorgeous woman that you meant to, but I, I, I agree, I'd almost say she's more attractive than Kimber, I'm just going to maybe put that out there. Well, let's definitely keep her in the power rankings at number one for now and, and see if anybody um, kind of bumps her off that. But I think it's going to be a hard ask. Mm, yeah. And just like, it's uh, she's it's weird to kind of look at how many episodes she's in over the thing. Cause she, again, she feels like she's in it for a lot longer than she is. She's 17 episodes over the 100 episodes. And again, she's billed as a major character in, in season three. But um, there's there's one of the um, 
like uh, that might even be the same episode you're talking about with that quote where he is that the one where he walks into an office and she kind of spins around in the chair like a Dr. Evil kind of Blofeld yeah, person. I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, that I reveal. Think, I think that- and it's it's awesome. Yeah, and her catchphrase obviously ultimately becomes I think we might get that in an episode or two. We get the, we get the first hey asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just Oh, it's so good. Gina, we love you. But yeah, they have a one night stand and Christian's a real dick about it. Um, I love the line he says, like, it's time to 12-step your way out of here. Um, yeah. It's just... And, and I think there's, he gives, like, a really good little speech at the end, you know, talking about, you know, none of us get out alive. And, oh, know, yeah. It's, if you're strong, it sets you free. If you're weak, it makes you you, you know. And I think that, that it's really well delivered. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that these two, you know, even though she's not a, a super main character, they actually bounce off each other really, really well. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like she's complicated too because, like, yeah, she kind of, the way they meet, they have this one night stand and you really get this real, like, bitch Gina mode. And then it's kind of like, yeah, that great speech Christian gives, you know, what does he say? Like, we're nothing more than a walking pile of ashes. You know, we've got a, you know, what's wrong with rubbing our bodies together to feel pleasure. And then she kind of has that look on her face and she's just like, you've still got my number, right? (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, you know, she's quite good because I think one of the things she does really well is that she's meant to be this real bitch of a character, but she also shows a lot of vulnerability in her acting as oh, well. Yeah. And so I think you get you get lots of layers out of this character who's actually not huge, you know? Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see this kind of, like, minor character that actually brings you a whole lot. It's, it's awesome. And it's, it's kind of interesting because, like, Kimber's ultimately, I think, portrayed as the you know, again, I'm not trying to be ultimately spoilery here, but kind of as always Christian's other. Like, they're the couple that you know are kind of always going to ultimately end up together. And again, that's not trying to be a spoiler because, look, that's leaving that open, I feel. And kind of Gene is there for part of that, but you ultimately, I feel, it's kind of like you you know these two would never work out. Whereas, like, Kimber and Christian, you can see actually being a happy couple. Yeah, definitely, yeah. It's just, it's, it's well played off each other. Um... And I guess also the difference is that Gina basically only ever gets with Christian, whereas Kimber, I think, sleeps with everyone on the cast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of then cut back to uh, McNamara Troy and we, we learn about our, our nose lady, who I really should have a name, but uh, we know who we're talking about. Um, and kind of Sean is talking a little bit about... Um, the fact that he's going to be taking time off and all this sort of stuff, but it leads us into the surgery. And we kind of learn that obviously there's a little bit more to it than just a car accident because she's got an issue with a jaw. They can't access it. Christian basically goes off at grace because this wasn't an accident. Uh, and we kind of learn that obviously there's a little bit more to it than her being in a car accident. And it appears that her husband has obviously been beating her. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this. This is quite an interesting surgery scene as well because you get the whole thing of like you know the camera going down the nose and it's it's quite cool as well. I just like that you know like as they're discovering like he's like this is really gritty. There's all the scar tissue. She's a gusher. Like it's, <laughs> just the way they kind of term it, I think is really cool. And you know like it's one thing I really appreciate about these surgery scenes is that they never try and make them you know like too technical like they yeah. really do you see you see it without them having to really say it in technical terms and just stuff like that just kind of cracks me up just kind of like she's a gusher and i, and I love the fact too like again in, in a lot of the 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 making of ones on some of the dvds i, I know that julian mcmahon talks about how he's very squeamish and that he can't watch the surgery scenes he just he just can't do it and it's kind of interesting just kind of how they go about it because you know obviously he's acting he's a surgeon he's not going to be grossed out by it but it's like 
obviously all the cuts and everything that they do with it just because you know he's very graphic we've talked about that you know the surgery scenes i guess they were renowned for that weren't they and it was just um you know particularly all of a sudden it's like we've got a gusher <laughs> it's just all this blood pouring everywhere why not yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think that i think it's such cool you know like all these surgery scenes are just so different and they do a really good job of kind of, you know, showing you all these different aspects of it. Yeah. We then get, uh, Julia, uh, has got an issue with the baby, uh, Sir Claridge disease or something. It kind of leads into the fact that Julia essentially will have to be on bed rest for eight months, nine months. Um, and you know, we get that line, you know, we'll be, you'll be amazed at what you can do if you really want something bad enough. Clearly, Julie does not want this baby, but Sean really wants it. And we get this, you know, interesting scene of, uh, you know, Sean talking about the bed rest chat room, um, which obviously is a hit amongst many people. And, um, I'm just going to call it. We get the hashtag poor Matt scene of the episode. Poor little Matt wasn't allowed a Game Boy. Um, so. <laughs> That's our that's our poor Matt ep- scene for this episode. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's quite funny as well. Like just just calling like you know this this shows obviously a certain you know number of of years old, and there's certain things about it that kind of like you know age the show. But <laughs> in general, like it doesn't really it doesn't really get aged by any of the kind of stuff that's happening in it. It's just but things like. A Game Boy is one of those things that kind of just really, really ages the show. And what are they now? What are they, DSs now? Or have they even moved past the DS? I don't even know what they're up to now. I don't play handheld games. But um, it's... And I think that's even like a game... Is that a Game Boy Advance? I mean, I think I had a Game Boy Pocket. Then I might have had a Game Boy Color. Uh, I stopped before the Advance came about. So... (laughs) I think it is an advance, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just... I, see, I mean, like, in what world does, can you see Julie McNamara laying on a couch playing Pokemon? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not particularly realistic. I just I just feel sorry for Matt. Paul, all Matt wanted was a Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, now we're stuck with only having threesomes. Poor Matt. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a hard life, that's for sure. Yes. And where's Annie and all this? Ah, oh, she's off complaining about something. This is, this is, this is a recurring thing. Hashtag, where's Annie? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're like, where's Annie in the background? I want a Game Boy too. And it's... it's yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, because Matt always just happens to pop up and be like, what's for supper? Oh, I want a Game Boy. And, like, here's Julia. Like, why isn't she looking after her eight-year-old daughter? I think out of all the people who need looking after, it's your eight-year-old daughter, Julia. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's so random, eh? Like, it's, it's that typical kind of, um, you know, soap opera type thing where, like, the kids around when it's valuable, like... Yeah. Otherwise, they just don't exist. It's so funny. I think it was like Friends, wasn't it, when Rachel had a baby. It just got to a point where they just forgot Rachel had a baby. Until yeah, like it, it was yeah. convenient to the point. I mean, I you know Annie's off with the the maid, um, learning Spanish. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> they're off in their Spanish speaking world. Um, anyway, we I mean, we do get a nice little scene, obviously, where Matt's kind of saying like, "I can't believe you're having another baby you didn't want." Um, which you know kind of implies, obviously, with Matt wasn't wanted. Maybe, maybe because like I'm assuming that Annie was wanted, and Matt and and this baby one episode baby weren't wanted. So maybe it's like, oh, we actually care for the ones that we don't want, but the one we wanted, nah, she can just go fuck off. Yeah, well, I think it shows a level of of, of kind of 
self-awareness from Matt that he knows that he was an accident because, you know, he they had him so young. Um, so, I, you know, I think, that, and it just goes to show that I think the show is at its very best in these these one-on-one scenes. I think that that's where it really shines because you've got these incredibly talented actors and I th- sometimes think when you've got too many in a scene, they kind of fight with each other. Whereas when you're doing the one-on-one, you know, just all of them, like any combination you can think of, you know, like if it's Christian and Sean, if it's Sean and Matt, Matt and Julia, you know, like they all just work really well in a one-on-one situation. Yeah, and that's a good point, actually. It's a very good point. And it, you just don't be grossed out about the fact that as soon as they yelled cut, uh, both Matt and Julia started making out. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just don't think about that kind of no. stuff. You really don't. No, not at all. Uh, so when we kind of go back to McNamara Troy, we we learn obviously about our our couple here that essentially, uh, you know, they're accusing the husband of uh, domestic violence. But there's obviously a little bit more to it. Essentially, this woman is addicted to surgery. She was not happy with her nose. Um, and kind of the story here is that she begged her husband, look, we need one more surgery to make this better. Please break my nose with a hammer and I promise that I will stop. So it's this kind of warped domestic violence case, which it, I mean, okay, he did hit her, but it was kind of a case of, well, you are, he asked her and, you know, again, it's all bordering down to what would you do for love? Can I just point out there might be better ways to break a nose than a hammer. Like, he got lucky that he just, like... I, I'm sorry, if I've got a partner and I'm wanting them to break my nose, my my first choice isn't get a hammer and smash my face. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of room for error there, eh? Mm. And it's like, is that really the most, um, I guess... Uh, Well, precise and simulating way of a car accident. Why not actually... I mean, I guess a car accident leaves things more open, but I don't know. It's just... Yeah. It's it's very... I don't know. I'm not getting into the intricacies of breaking noses, if that's what you're into, by sure. But again, this is what Nip Tuck does, doesn't it? Like, you get these cases. It's a recurring thing. You, You look like you have a pretty black and white case when it comes to a surgery, but there's always hidden things involved there, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think that, you know, like you say, there's way better ways that you could do this. I think also, like, presumably this, they're saying that, you know, she's had a number of, of issues before, um, you know, and a number of surgeries before. Like, was this not something that would have been on her record? Yeah, well, exactly. Like just, yeah. Is this So is this the ineptness of Grace? Or is this Christian and Sean's fault? <laughs> Well, it does make you think, you know, how much are they actually researching their patients besides getting a psychiatrist, you know, a psychiatrist in? Are they actually doing any work in terms of, you know, researching their patients to make sure that they actually are, are telling them? Because this is starting to become a bit of a trend with these guys, you know, that they, they, they get people in and then they turn out to be somebody else or yeah. they're hiding something. Um, and, you know, spoiler alert, this isn't going to be the last time this happens by any... <laughs> Definitely not. Maybe, spoiler alert, maybe this is why they ultimately moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got nothing to do with anything else that happens. But uh, yeah, it's, it's keep keep a note on that. Like we're, we're noticing a few recurring trends. Hashtag poor Matt. Hashtag where's Annie. Hashtag why aren't Christian and Sean sued more often? What happens in this situation with the husband? Like it's 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 a kind of an interesting thing. It's like what. It's something that I guess is never resolved. We kind of get the whole line of like, what's my crime? Loving her too much. It's like, 
ultimately, do they go to the cops with this? Or is this, again, a case of we were negligent in not realising she was addicted to surgery? So, hush, hush, let's keep it there with the same guy that we got eaten by an alligator for disposing his body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, there just seems like such a room for things to go horribly wrong here. (laughs) And, um, you know, like when you consider what actually does happen to them, they do tend to get off pretty light. Yeah, that's that's definitely an understatement. Um, In the meantime, Julie's at school. Uh, Jude, your bestie, hasn't seen her in a while. Uh, He talks about how why studying to be a doctor is lame when playing doctor is so much fun. Hashtag creepy Jude. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Julia has a stomachache and it's, can you take me to hospital? Uh, Now... Look, again, we, we obviously realise that Julia is up and about. She's taking a midterms and, you know, she should be in bed rest. Um, do, do we feel, I mean, I guess it's kind of implied at the end, but do we feel that Julia has done this deliberately so that she will miscarry? Um, I, I guess that's a hard one. Um, you know, is that the case or is it the, that she just wants to live her life and if it happens, it happens, you know? Like, I think I think that's more the case. I think it's more that she's just... She's not worried if things go wrong. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's loosely touched on at the end, which we'll get to in a moment. But um, I, I just like the scene where it's like, she's just like, can you take me to the hospital? And she's just like, sure. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. If, if, yeah. if you're out and about, okay, let's, let's picture this. You're out, you're at a dog show, you, you, you know, you're like, you're trying to crack onto an older MILF. I don't know, whatever you do, Nick. But like, if all of a sudden she's like, Oh, take me to the hospital. That's a really bad attempt at New Zealand accent. I apologise for that. <laughs> are, are you just going to be like, okay? You're not going to be like, what? What's wrong? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to be like, sure. It's like it's almost like, well, do you want to go and get a coffee? Yeah, like, that's exactly. pretty much the, the level of conversation we're having here. Hashtag creepy Jude is so into his I'm going to bed this woman scene that I mean, she could have literally been like, oh. Can you take me to a, a school to kill some children? Sure. Uh, like it's just like it doesn't matter what she says at that point. He's just going to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we, I mean, I, is it, I mean, is it discussed really on screen later on? We'll get to that with the sort of whether she miscarried. But in between hand, um, Christian is out drinking. So is Grace. Uh, we find out that uh, he's the reason she's drinking. And basically, we kind of get this little interesting scene about, you know, oh, doesn't it get old looking for that one person, you know, and lo and behold, what do we see? Next scene, Grace and Christian getting it on. And it's, it's kind of, it's it's a very well done scene, I feel, like where here we are, we, you know, cut to this sex scene, but then not a word is spoken. She just gets up, we get a zoom in on her very attractive bottom, and then it's kind of, she just leaves and he's just kind of speechless. And I don't know, I just, I feel it's, it's a very well, well put together scene. Yeah, I think they kind of leave it as like, well, you know, you really get the, get Christian's feeling about it. It's like, did I actually, you, you know, d- did I do the job here well or did I not? And you can kind of see his, you know, I'm not sure if I did or not. And obviously that gets a little bit more explored in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is well done and that she gives nothing away and that's what's quite cool about it. Mm, and I just want to point out, this is one thing, like, I think we talked a little bit about Christian's fashion sense earlier so far this season. Christian's, uh, style, I love his house and I love his bedroom. Um, it's just, and I, I don't know if it's this season or one of the seasons where he's got that shower behind his bed. It's like that glass shower. 
Um, I love that. Like, I want a house like that. That is cool. It is. It is like um, total dirty bastard. Yeah. You know, having your, <laughs> you know, ba- basically the, you know, the back of your bed is a shower. Yeah. You know, like it's just. It speaks to the fact that you're going to be needing a shower, yeah. you know, pretty much all the time, you know. Yes. And I think is it. I don't kind of remember what season it is, but when he kind of he gets a bit, he remodels. He hires like a decorator, and he gets that giant penis put in his thing. He's like, oh, it's very new man. It's like it's, it's, it's a giant cock. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing that I tend to, you know, have dream style from Christian Troy. Um, <laughs> you know I mean? he, well, he definitely, he definitely has his moments. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this obviously then cuts back to, uh, you know, Gray, uh, sorry, uh, Julia and, and Sean, they return home. And this is kind of when, yeah, Julia kind of says, like, do you think I deliberately did this to Miss Carrie? And obviously, you know, nice, nice, well-acted emotional scene between the two. But then it all closes out. And it's kind of a unique ending, I guess, at this point, because kind of we're five episodes in. And really, all four episodes have kind of ended on a pretty negative note. Yeah. Um, and this is really our first happy ending, almost. And it's, it's done in an interesting way, because it's like, oh, lo and behold, remember Kurt Dempsey from the beginning, the guy who wanted to become Japanese? Um, his, his now fiance has called up and said, oh, I'm calling for my engagement party. Oh, you know, obviously they bought it, you know, oh no, they didn't buy it for a second, but you know, any man who would do that shows how much they love me. Now it's sweet. Don't get me wrong. And it's kind of a nice touch and a nice ending, but are we overlooking the fact now that poor old Kurt Dempsey has to go through the rest of his life as a white man with Asian eyes? And a lot of people are probably calling him racist. Um, like, well, I, I how say, does that work? Well, I have to say, this is one of those points where I think the show does really well with like its makeup and all that kind of thing. But when you get that kind of almost shot of him, it does just look like he's wearing like eyeliner. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where they just, you know, you don't really see a full frontal kind of look at him. And I think they just never really nailed that look. So I think this was like, like the whole thing, like, just seems to me like an idea that they had that just didn't really work when they kind of put it on screen. Mm. And, you know, and so I think that might explain why we don't see more of, of who he is. Um, and we don't see more of that story because it just, once they got it on screen, it just didn't quite work the way they wanted it to. And, um, yeah, you kind of do have to feel sorry for him. It, it seems like a pretty, you know, and I guess that's the whole thing, you know, like it's such a, a an extreme thing to do to yourself. Um, you know, why why would you do it? And, um, you know, ultimately he didn't even need to do it type of thing. The, the thing that, like, look, again, we're reading way too much into this. Uh, shut up, Ben. It's really just a minor plot line. But, I mean, like, ultimately, were they were they grand scheming thinking this? Like, did they honestly think that she was going to rock up with a white man with Asian eyes. And and what did he then have to, like, pretend and be like, oh, hello, I'm Japanese. Like, how does he then keep the illusion up? Like, there's a lot more yeah. to being Japanese or Asian or another race than your eyes. You know, it's... Yeah. It's, how yeah. would it's, they have played that of off? Like, it's kind of like, you know, eight-year-old schoolboy, yeah. isn't it? Like, this is what's going to pass for this. Like, it's, yeah, obviously, the minute he opens his mouth, he's, you know, <laughs> the game's up. Yeah. Anyway, let's stop overeating. It's a happy ending, Ben. Just basically <laughs> live with that. Uh, so, there's our there's our first happy ending, which is it's kind of interesting to think that it's a, sort of a happy ending when it's sort of not, in a way, because obviously we're seeing Sean and, and Julia uh, deal with the fact that she's obviously sadly miscarried. Um, and ultimately, my biggest question to come from this episode, Nick, is did Sean attend their wedding? I mean, he got invited. <laughs> Did he go? 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's right. We never we never get the follow up. That and where did Grace go? The two biggest mysteries in Nip Tuck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what well, gift did he bring to the wedding? <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting that you call us a happy ending as well, because it is for the, the you know, the the character, but it's it's not for not for Sean, you know, like mm. it's it's true. Basically, these 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 characters are there to kind of contrast, you know, his unhappiness and his family falling apart with you know their family kind of starting. So, you know, I don't think we can actually chalk this one up as a as a happy ending all that much. Good call, good call. No, I, I would agree with that. It's it's it's. I mean. It's kind of interesting that, yeah, we're five episodes in and essentially, well, yeah, if you take this one out of what I said, it's, it's still, every episode kind of ends on a dark note. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good call. Good call. I'll take that. Uh, anything else to add really on this episode, Nick, before we kind of look ahead to the next one and give our, give our rating for this one? I, I think we've done pretty well. We have. Yeah, I think, covered there's, it off. There's, you know, we've touched on the major things. We've, we've noticed Annie exists and... Um, we found poor old Matt wants a Game Boy. So, if anybody's listening uh, to this episode that has a spare Game Boy Advance laying around, which you probably all do it somewhere, uh, find John Hemsley's address and send it to him because he still wants one. So, yeah, um, definitely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, what are, we, what are we giving this? Are we are we buying it, renting it, or bidding it? Oh, it's it's a hard one for me. Um, I think I'm going to call it a renter. Um, I I think it's good. Um, but I'm not entirely sure that I would need to come back and see it again. Um, you know, I'm not sure it's a it's a critical building block. I think some of the 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 kind of stories that are going on with the patients are, are hit or miss. Um, so I think it sits right there in the middle as a renter for me. I was going to go the same way, but I'm going to buy it purely on the basis of Gina's first episode, and it's, <laughs> it's like it's a weird true, sort of threshold. True. But it's also the fact that. You know, like on the grand scheme of things, this introduces the great Gina, and it's it's done in a good way. And I, I feel as though that like any sort of episode that introduces somebody as great as Gina needs to be seen again. It's it's just on the cusp. If Gina wasn't in this episode, for sure, it's a renter. It's it's you know, on the overall scheme of Nip Tuck, this isn't one that really you know sets anything high. But yeah, we we meet Gina, it's going to be bought. So <laughs> there you go. That's my excuse. <laughs> Uh, now, looking ahead to our next one, uh, it's obviously uh, a, a pretty interesting episode when it comes to uh, Sean. We meet uh, Megan O'Hara. That's the name of the episode. And I guess uh, we don't want to give too much away in case people are going to be obviously waiting to see that episode to, to when to watch it. But uh, this is when things get slightly interesting, I guess we could say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's some some fun on the horizon for sure. And if you enjoy uh, threesomes and if you enjoy revisiting lesbian Kate Mara scenes, the next episode's for you. Uh, <laughs> so get excited. You know we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've got anything to add on our Nip Tuck rewatch, of course, email us, the Oz Network at hotmail.com, message us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, tweet us, uh, and remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, leave us feedback, rate us as well. We always uh, appreciate hearing back from you. And we're, again, we're enjoying covering Nip Tuck for you. We're enjoying covering all our other movies and shows that we're doing as well. And uh, hopefully opening up a few trips down memory lane when it comes to a lot of these as well. Uh, but as, as we close it out, uh, my name is Ben, and I'm also still waiting to get that Game Boy. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and it's time to 12-step our way out of here. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs> <laughs>